Hello, everyone. This is your host, Dr. Tommy Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Christina Lucia. She is an artist, creator, and author who ignites the imaginations of children and their parents through her limited edition animals and touching storybooks. Her humble beginnings in a small farm town, where there was really only one traffic light, sparked her creativity at a young age and her adopted home of New York City keeps her inspired daily. Curiously curated creations of Christina Lucia features a magical array of warm, cuddly, and comforting creatures along with storybooks that helps parents and kids improve their communication and deepen their relationships. With no further ado, I'd like to introduce our wonderful guest. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. My pleasure. I would like you to share with the listeners, really how you started this journey, like what sparked your imagination to go in this very creative, very um, niche market? Like, Yeah. So I've always been, I've always been an artist. I actually started training formally in art when I was seven years old. And that was very much solidified. Um, When I went into adulthood, I was always still drawing. I found my way back into dancing. But one thing that did come the creatively that came to me later. So my great grandmother was well known as a crocheter and my mom and I were having a rocky, many rocky points in our relationship. And I got tired of hearing my mom constantly say, no one crochets, your great grandma did all these beautiful things and no one did it. So I was healing from a breakup and I was like, well, I'm going to learn. And I started learning. And I, the first thing I made was a monochromatic pink blanket. And I, then I made a Lego blanket. And so I gave one to my coworker, the, the feminine one I gave to my coworker who had a little, um, little girls, Elisa. And I gave the other one to my coworker who had a little boy. And I'll never forget the morning that the day after I gave the blanket to, the, to my friend and his wife, they sent me pictures of their daughter. And it was a July morning. I mean, it was hot. Like, I mean, we get humid here in the city. I mean, it's not, our, July, our Julys are not pleasant. And her daughter, or it's me, his daughter, carry that blanket around and I have pictures of her holding it, sleeping on top of it, and it became her crib blanket. And although I'm only an aunt and a godmother, I do know enough to know a crib toy is a big deal. And that was my first sign of, I, I've seen it before, but seeing a child gravitate to sort something that your hands created really solidified that. And so when I got injured in 2018, a year later, and I'm stuck on the sofa and I have this boot, I actually, without even knowing it, I started creating more stuff because I was like, well, I want to do more stuff for my godchild. I want more stuff for this child. And while I was realizing I needed to pivot careers, I actually was creating a line without knowing I was creating a line. And that injury gave me time to realize I was living a double life and I couldn't keep living that. And that's how I met my coach, Matilda. And then fast forward to 2019, I did get laid off from my job. And when I sped up by networking, someone actually did see my work, this plethora of work that was majority of was made when I was injured. Even more stuff was made after that. And said, there's a business here. And that's, and I still wasn't believing it. And I went on one of those interviews that went so well i networked my way in there i was leaving pilates and i met the managing director of hr it was like the perfect networking job search story of all time and i remember walking out of that interview and thinking i can't do this again i can't keep repeating this cycle 
And I went to my career coach, Matilda, and I had a moment of like, where I just kept rambling and I couldn't get the words out. And I finally looked at, I remember I looked at my lap, I looked at her and said, I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. She's like, I agree. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started. And unfortunately I lost my mom about a month later. And, but she gave me a sign the day she passed that made me realize I need to pursue this business. I need to figure out how this works. I need to figure out what this means. And it's been a beautiful journey. I mean, I'm still learning like anything else as an entrepreneur, but I am in a place where I can confidently talk about certain things. And even though there are things I'm still working through, I feel because you work through other mountains, you realize, no, I'm going to work through this mountain too. And there's something very empowering as a human knowing like, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make this work. Like I'm going to do this. <laughs> well, the entrepreneur's journey is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong of discovery. Um, it's interesting how created comfort for these little people, like children. Yeah. At a time where when you made that decision, like I'm going to make a career out of this. I'm going to make a business out of this. You know, you lost your mom, right? Yes, I did. Right? I did. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But yeah. I'm glad that I, I learned from her. Yeah, I actually, since the day she, we found, I found she was ill. I got this urge and that's why I'm a Lucia. I'm named after her mom, her grandmother, um, my grandmother, Lucy. And even though um, her baptismal name is Lucia, we all called her uh, Lucy. Everyone knew her as Lucy. And I got this urge to file for my LLC. And I forget the day my mom passed. I finally got back to my apartment later that day. And I pulled out that piece of mail addressed to my LLC. And I knew it was my mom and grandma and my great grandma saying, we need you to do this. And the characters led me to start blogging and the blogging made me realize I'm supposed to write and illustrate my own children series. And the other thing about this, and I, I love sharing this bit because I realized there's a lot of other women and men out there like myself that have been in this spot. My mom and I, we'd always fight over my career to a certain degree because my mom was a lifelong school teacher. She always worked in administration in schools. And one of the biggest fights we had is she wanted me to become a teacher like her. And I said, no. And I still say, no, I'm not. I admire teachers. My sister's a teacher. My cousin's a teacher. My aunt, my cousins, every, everyone's a teacher, lawyer, engineer, my family. And then there's me. I'm like, no, I am the black sheep. I know that I'm wearing black too. I'm like, it's just not me, people. Let me do my thing. And in my acknowledgments, I actually say that. That's actually one of my final lines saying that my mom always wanted me to be a school teacher, but now here I am writing and illustrating my children's series. And I think we, re I think she'd agree we reach a healthy compromise because you do. Um, after all, she is my mom. So there is something beautiful about that too, being able to, as like a grown woman, Mm -hmm. to realize you know what uh, we figured mom and i figured this out <laughs> speaking of teaching and we all are teachers in various degrees especially if we truly embrace our roles and from what i understand in your books and bears and create you're empowering parents you're empowering their kids to help improve their communication with each other and deepen their relationship yes. so that is an important role you are, you yeah, are, you are absolutely modeling. So, can you share with our listeners how um, this helps improve, facilitate communication, and also why it's so important to have this creative outlet for our kids? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, what I've learned from my healing journey and what I radiate through my books and my blogs and everything that I write and create in my toys. Actually, I have Bella here with me, mm. the main character of the series. She likes to come on and say hello, so I'll put her right here with me. Uh, 
what I've realized is that we all work through feelings and we all work from those same feelings. It doesn't matter where we are in our life, how old we are, our sexual orientations, our where we're from, our nationalities, um, ages, gender, you name it. We all work from the same feelings list. And when we're able to identify how we're feeling and be able to ask how someone else is feeling and meet them halfway, communication is able to happen. Mm -hmm. And when we communicate in that way by recognizing, acknowledging each other's feelings, we're able to listen on a deeper level and we're able to step back and make better choices and make better decisions. And I, I went through this with my own mom. My mom, unfortunately, suffered from various anxieties as well as narcissism. Mm -hmm. So there was a big lack of communication and it was very frustrating, especially when I was developing these skills and I was genuinely trying to be trying to tell my mom, mom, this is how I feel mm -hmm. and because of the narcissism she would bounce back like well, this is how I feel this is what I feel blah 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 and I'm like it would just I would feel so frustrated and so it felt so frustrating I wouldn't feel anxious I would definitely be more frustration if not a subtle anger and yeah and I saw how it made our relationship as adults so difficult and I see and so after my mom passed, um, there were a lot of things that happened um, that luckily have solidified and not solidified in a good way and like worked itself out. But by realizing like, okay, you know what? I need to keep working on this. I need to keep working on my feelings and how I feel and, and be able to notice that other people. And I notice a difference by if I have a disagreement with a family member stepping back and be like, okay, why am I getting upset? Mm. Why is this happening? And seeing how meeting like my sibling halfway, meeting my cousin halfway, how our relationships are evolving and developing. I was like, wow, I want to do this in my books. And so looping back into what I do in my books, Bella goes through transitions and learns skills that we all learn. And she does feel those feelings of anxiousness and frustration, not so much anger. I don't really go the anger route with Bella. Like I usually go for more um, frustrating or upset, you know, like sad. And one of her parents or another special adult will talk to her about it. And they'll say, well, you know, as an adult, I get scared. As an adult, I need to ask for help. I get frustrated. And it's that relatability mm. that an adult also feels this way. And then she's given a special gift where she works through the transition with it. And when she's able to work through it, she feels this joy and this accomplishment. And then she's able to help a friend as well. And a lot of this inspiration too is actually for my two-year-old nephew, Caleb. Like I, I just admire how seeing him grow, you know, because my sister's really great about sending me videos and pictures and whatnot. And I'm out there four times a year as well. And every time I see him, there's... A different skill he's learned and I see how he takes on each one and yes he'll get frustrated and he's too he's human but he keeps going and he keeps doing that and he keeps working through it and he figures it out and he's like all right what's the next thing and he figures out the next thing and there's something really beautiful about that and when I'm writing that is also what I include too is when Bella is learning that skill before she accomplishes it. You know, her parents encourage her, no, keep trying. This is good. You're going to figure this out. You're going to do this. And, and I also do include in my books as well, 
activities beyond the book. Mm-hmm. Meaning where I point out things that are in the book that I say and that Bella and her parents do or Bella and her loved ones do and give suggestions of how you can take that and apply it to your family. And again, everyone's different, but it's more, you know, everyone's different. Every child's different. Every parent's different. And I feel it's important to create stories and activities that are relatable and you have the opportunity. Like I was joking before we started recording how Actually, I have a gift for you. I always have a gift for the audience. So I have a gift for your audience of coloring drawing. Because people say to me, well, how how do how can a parent have quality time with their child? How can they calm and mellow it out so that the words can come out so that the child feels comfortable to talk? And that's why I always design coloring drawings. I currently have a Valentine's one. And, you know, I really believe in coloring because as adults and as children, again, going back to the feelings concept. It has the same health benefits for us as it does to the kiddos. And there's something about it. But then I also mentioned it in another interview recently where I joked, I said, you know, but then going back to my nephew, you know, my nephew's at the age where he doesn't want to sit still and draw yet. You know, he's two years old. And so I said for him, it's like for him, it would be more going out on the lawnmower with his dad, with Mm -hmm. my sister's husband. You know, that's what he liked. He loves the lawnmower. He loves being out there. So again, it's all about you finding what works for you and your child. Finding what works for you is really key. And, you know, I liked how we're talking about, it's like a learning process is communication. We have parents who are probably listening and like, I they're probably thinking maybe they didn't have those moments, many moments with their young children and they have some regret, but it's a continuous evolution growth. Ideally, we start as do our best as parents and grow with them and listen. Mm-hmm. and go there. But however, sometimes it doesn't work out that way for different situations, but it's not too late to start. Like having that openness, knowing that whether you're 25, 30, 40, or you're two years old, we have these base emotions, right? Like you said, the happiness, the frustration, sometimes anger, sometimes we're scared. And that willingness to be able to show that vulnerability and humanity will go so far in the development of your child, whether it's a young child or a young teenager, an adult, and even yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in my world, I've seen all kinds of communication skills um, in family, parents, and caregiver roles. Some are very nurturing, where there's humility, where, you know, the parents, caregivers express their happiness or frustration when they do something that they know they shouldn't do, they admit wrong, right? There's that connection, that's a safety. And then the other extreme is where there's none of that, where there's sometimes, um, you know, behavioral challenges, um, mental health challenges, coping strategies that are maladaptive. So the child is not raised in a safe, nurturing place where feelings were welcomed, where they're allowed to be different, unique, be true themselves and work through those emotions, right? Yes, yes. And that's like a big thing when I'm writing, whether it's the books or it's my blogs. I really, one of my biggest messages behind my brand is the opportunity to be your true self. Mm. And there's something very powerful about that because we can't, we are who we are you know, we're not going to control it. And, you know, I joke because I like one thing that communication has done for me has given me opportunity to have relationships with people in my blood family that I may not necessarily have relations for or with without it, because I do have family members that are the polar opposite of me. 
Mm. And communication has given me the space to say, okay, all right, this is how I can meet them halfway, you know, and you know, one thing too with love languages. So I'm, I'm a toucher. I love to hug. I me love, That's I love like cuddles. Yes, me too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And every time I see my nephew, my two-year-old nephew, you know, he, he likes his space. Like I take some, uh, I give him a minute, but it's such a fight in her fight for me. Cause I just want to clobber him and hug him and touch him, you know, and there are other things too. And my goddaughter, she's more quality time. I mean, she'll let me hug her and whatnot, but again, it's respecting their space and letting them be their true selves, like letting them. And it goes also too into my relationship with the parents, you know, whether it's my sister or my girlfriends or my guy friends, you know, cause sometimes you have these ideas of like, oh, this would be so great. Like, let me do this. And I've learned to ask the question though, ask like, would this be nice for you and your family? Would you appreciate this? And sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it's no. Um, but I've seen again, like something I, I mentioned, uh, I happened recently, actually, when I was with my sister for the holidays, you know, my nephew is learning, is speaking now and, but he's learning, he's also using like the sign language, which I've seen a lot of kids use. So he's going more. And I picked up, it was more on my own, but I made the conscious choice, assume choice to ask my sister, does this mean more? And for me, it was more me respecting my sister. Mm. You know, she is the parent in this relationship. She and her husband are the ones that are there day in and day out. And for me, it was more important for my sister to come from it with me than to me assume because I, my love for my sister, my respect for my sister is so important. And if I want a relationship with my nephew, my sister is a big component of that. And I'm proud to be in a space where I can say this, that like my sister and I are in such a beautiful relationship. I mean, we're not perfect by any means, we're sisters, but there is something really beautiful with respecting each other. And, you know, cause it's so easy, um, especially as an aunt and a godmother, you know, you hear, you hear, I, I hear a lot of frustrations from all my girlfriends. You know, I hear about that one relative that gives like too many toys or the toy that gets in the way or the toy that makes too much noise. And again, going back to what you said about communication, it's again, I realize it's hard when it's a pit with your parent and it's your, or your in-laws. Cause I know I would be doing the same thing if my mom was still living. I'd be like, how do I, how do I approach the dragon? Like, how do I get out of this alive? Uh, but it's really not about the toy being loud, obnoxious, it's about the communication. It's about that lack of communication of them not asking you, hey, would this work for your house? Or that, like, and that, with that communication comes a respect. It comes a respect of them recognizing you are a grown adult. You're running your own house. You're in a a relationship with your spouse where you're both raising children and that's complicated and deserves space and recognition and acknowledgement, you know? And it's it's funny because it comes out in the toy conversation every single time. So as the aunt and the godmother, I'm like, Okay, books, books, books. I, I am giving all books. I'm giving small toys, no noises, like no batteries required. You. you know, I, I smile when you say, "Does it work with the family?" You know, like, don't have these noisy toys. It's true because, yeah, there's only so much noisy toys parents, caregivers can handle, or sharp objects to stand on, like Lego cubes or little things that go ouch two in the morning when it's dark. So yeah, that's that's really good. That, that being considerate. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. But I, I crack up because I hear this from every parent, and here I am writing books about communication, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like classic 
miscommunication 101. But then again, like it is coming from a space of love and it's coming from a space of like, I, I made a joke with my sister. So my nephew got a play kitchen for Christmas. And one of the things about the kitchen was it has a microwave and it makes like a real sound and lights up. And I turned to my sister and I said, okay, how long is it going to take for this button to break? Because that was his favorite button. He kept pressing it over and over again. How long is it going to take for a break? Or how long do you guys take off the batteries so that the noise doesn't work anymore? <laughs> because it's loud, it's resonating. And I mean, I am I was leaving, so I have no right to complain. That's hilarious. But yeah, we... I love those toys. The battery it just suddenly doesn't work anymore, you know? Oh, no. The battery doesn't work. Although I will say my sister actually shared this tip with me. One of her girlfriends told her the, the toys that make the, um, that sing the songs, if you put duct tape over the speaker part, it muffles the sound so it's not as painful. <laughs> duct tape is a cure-all for so many things, but then, you know, you can fix up with duct tape. So that's... That's good to know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is the aunt. You can hear all these chips and I'm like, dear God, like what's going to be like when I have my kids? I don't know. But like, but that's also why when I, I design these toys and for the sake of streamlining the process, like as these books are coming out, because five are going to come out this year, you know, I am starting to look into manufacturing options. But even when I look at that, I am very gung-ho about Bella and her friends being not only soft and cuddly and of good quality, because this is me, like this, I, I love hand making them, you know, but obviously like when you're growing your business, you need to be realistic, but I purposely made her with no kind of sounds. I made her with no kind of smells. She's organic cotton, you know, because again, you want... And when I'm looking into the alternate option manufacturing, so that we hand me in manufacturing, I want the manufacturing lane to mirror that because again, it's not, it's not just about the child, it's also about the parent. You know, you mm. want to be, if you're trusting me as a creator to, and you're bringing my art, my work into your home and making it part of your family, you know, I want it to fit in, you know, I don't want to be... I don't want to be the one that create, that designed the toy that's causing you headaches. Like, no, I want to be the toy that's bringing your child comfort in their crib or in their bed. You know, I want, you know, I want to be, I want Bella to be a, a great transition, um, transition toy or that, that little friend they need when they're in their reading nook, reading their books, you know, it's, um, yeah, not the noisy toy girl. <laughs> no, I, I have, um, well, I, right now I have two girls and they both definitely love their stuffies like that is something that they want at bedtime they'll ask for it and they'll ask for specific ones yes i'm thankful that none of them squeak very thankful that's amazing that's amazing i love it i love it and then to see them you know have play with them and now that they're at the age where they can have little conversations with them and they do little things together and you know, right now, one's three and one is five at the time of this recording. But they're very, you can see that creative side come out. And then you can also see them modeling what they witness with me, with them. Like, so they become mummies in their toys yeah. and their toys are babies. And just seeing that care and asking, yeah. you know, the dolly baby, how are you? And them feeding the dolly baby. Um, it makes my heart melt. So... Yeah. You know, I shout out to little people and yes. toys that don't squeak at night and wake me up or wake them up when I'm trying yes. to. <laughs> totally. But oh yeah, it definitely like it's definitely a great communication skill. It is, and that's the other reason too why, like the toys when I first started, um, 
it was just the toys when I was first starting a blog and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what are next steps for me. You know, that was a big thing I would say is like, and talk about it, and I still talk about it because that's exactly what people have told me, like people that have um, had Bella in their homes already. They say, they tell me, no, my child talks through Bella. Like there was one acquaintance of mine that told me, you know, Bella's really scared of the thunderstorm. Mm. Bella, Bella's not comfortable. Bella needs the light on. And there's something beautiful about recognizing like how a child is utilizing their toy. Cause yeah. there is a lot of times too, unfortunately, what I heard when I first started is, oh, my kid has too many toys. My kid has too many toys. Mm. And I would hear that. And I get it. There is, and same thing as an adult, there is at any age level, there is too much of certain things. Like yeah. that's, that's normal. That's human. But however, it's, Toys are important for a child. They are not just things. They are ways, like you said, for them to express themselves. And something I realized like this past holiday season, so I'm a huge Christmas person. I love mm-hmm. Christmas, my favorite holiday. And, but with Christmas, I saw in so many of my circles, including getting ready to launch my books, how our adult inner children come out so mm. much at Christmas time as well. Yes. And as a as a woman, especially when I was transitioning, you know, going through puberty, I saw how my mom and I lost certain communication points. And I also saw that when we were all old enough to know the deal, the, the certain, you know, certain deal of certain things for Christmas, how my mm-hmm. mom lost certain creative points, mm-hmm. how she lost certain opportunities to be creative and be playful with us. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I realized too, is that you know, as the child grows and as a child's transitioning and figuring figuring things out, like we we as adults have a responsibility to ourselves to nurture our inner child yes. and gravitate towards that. And that's also why I like coloring, sharing that with every every time I'm interviewed, because that's an opportunity for us to play. Mm-hmm. That's and I realize as a creative, because I'm a crocheter, I'm a knitter, I'm an artist, I'm a dancer, like I have a lot of ways to play every day and granted yes there's a discipline behind my art of course but there is something important about that and my therapist actually when i was seeing her she actually said something to me and said you are the kind of adult that children need and i was like what do you mean because you play very naturally yes like you have a very sense of imagination and she said, i tell my clients their parents if you're not able to play with your kids it's okay, but you need to immerse them with adults that need that because kids need that pretend. And as kids an adult, yeah, it's yeah. like, and I realize an adult woman, my imagination is so huge. Like it's like my nephew and I have this game where he gives me, a, he'll give me his play cell phone. If I do it on my cell phone, I'll do what I'm doing with my hands right now. Make a phone mm. and I'll go, ciao, ciao, hello, yes. And like, he just lights up like a jukebox i mean it's so cute but it comes so naturally to me and that's where as an adult woman i need to be patient with people because that's part of my healing work that i do in my aca meetings is i talk we sometimes our meetings will revolve around shares about the inner child sometimes it's more critical parent but with the inner child i've seen and worked with other adults where they're struggling to find a way to play with it. And when mm. they see my creativity, it's like a, it's almost a, a weird jealousy thing. And it's awkward, like encountering that because I don't see it as that. Like I see my creativity as a big gift and I see this opportunity to be able to share it with the world is really a beautiful thing. And so yeah. I, that's why I feel the importance of talking about 
even as adults, we need to work on our inner child. Like they 100%. need placement. We all have that big kid inside of us. Even if you didn't nourish it much as a child, it's not too late. Like it's a beautiful, joyous thing. And there's so many benefits, like mental health benefits, like just physical benefits, emotional benefits of just yeah. connecting with that big kid inside of us. And speaking of connecting, how would our listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to learn more about Bella, your book? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So I have my gift for you and that gift will put you on my email list. You'll be getting my blogs, announcements about the books, etc. I also have a website, www.triplecokl.com. And uh, again, I have always have a pop-up. There's always a seasonal gift for everybody. And in my, I should mention too, in my blogs and my newsletters, I always include the current gift for my audience. So regardless of how long you've been with me or if you're just joining, you will always have access to all the goodies. Like I even sure everyone's included. Um, I'm on social, so I'll include those social links as well. But yes, I would love to connect with everybody and, and, share, um, and share this journey with you. Very good. We'll have those links in the show notes. Well, my dear, this has been an enjoyable conversation. Very lighthearted, but also very serious. This is this is so important. So if you have the opportunity where you have a young mind in your care or someone that you can, you know, have contact with, whether it's a godchild or brand's kid or somebody who needs mm-hmm. that playful soul, like connect because you are sowing great seeds for communication. Not just as a young little gaffer, but as an adult. Yes. Embrace your inner child, everyone. Get your coloring books out. Blast your music, dance and play. Like, that's what I I do this year. I've I've done crafts, you know? I've painted. I've danced. I've played in roles. And it's great. And I'm still a grown adult. Adults don't take me seriously. But it doesn't diminish that. Yes. It's actually fun i actually think like at my i'm also a family physician so i still do some work even though i'm more passionate about coaching and training and speaking but even with my mask on because covid is everywhere still and i just don't feel like bringing every bug home um the kids they still see the sparkle in the eyes right they still see the smile and just the ability to connect with those little cute people this melts melts my heart you know i'm a big kid who learned how to communicate later in life, right? Yes. Not everyone got that opportunity. It's It's like what you said, it's never too late. Yeah. And you can start now and make a huge difference. Like I've seen it in my own life too. It's it's worth taking that first step. And just listening, just listening to us have this conversation is a big first step. Like Mm -hmm. just being open to hearing it and recognizing it. Like you're already a shoe in the door. (laughs) 100%. Well, my dear, we're going to wrap it up. But listeners, um, feel free to share this message with friends and family. And definitely check out the links. Check out Bella. Check out all the stuff that uh, Christina has in the pipeline. Because by the time this goes live, who knows what else she'll have. So join her email list (laughs) and um, enjoy the gift from her. Until next time, everyone, this is Dr. Mitchell and Christina Andrews from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Bye. Bye.